I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You are listening to Metal Shop's Backstage Pass. It's 99.9 KISW Metal Shop. I'm recording from home. Uh, it is it is on lockdown here in Washington State. So I'm talking to Trevor Sternad from Black Dahlia Murder. Uh, their new record, Verminous, is coming out April 17th on uh, Metal Blade Records. It's their ninth album on Metal Blade. We've been playing the singles uh, from it. Very much looking forward to the record. But uh, first off, where are you calling from? And are, are you pretty much just staying inside? Uh, yeah, I am locked down in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, I've been living out here for the last two years and, uh, it was, uh, shut down before I even came back from South Africa. So this is probably my 10th day on lockdown, but the people here have been locked down a little bit longer. So Trevor, how are you holding up, man? And and how are you staying busy and like, uh, are you getting star crazy? Um, a little bit, but I mean, I'm kind of a homebody when I'm at home from tour anyway. I kind of get my fill of human interaction out on tour. Sure. And, uh, so it's not entirely too different from what I would normally do, you know, hanging out in my pajama pants, <laughs> listening to lots of music, yep. um, doing lots of press right now, which has been a good kind of, uh, a good problem to have, you know, yeah, absolutely. uh, the, cause the uh, impending record release and, uh, yeah, man, just kind of sitting here waiting, dude. Um, uh, it's pretty obvious that our tour with Testament is about to be thwarted by this. Sure. I yeah. mean, guys in the band have it. Yeah. Which is very unfortunate. You know, I'm pulling for Chuck. It seems like he's on the up now. Good, good. According good, yeah. to, to Metal Press. But uh, yeah, you know, that's obviously going to get nixed here pretty soon, which is a huge bummer. I mean, that was like uh, going to be a big chunk of our income for the year. And yeah. Probably the biggest tour we've ever been afforded, you know? So. Mm-hmm. It's it's a little bit sad, but but you know everybody's going through this right now, and just gotta kind of keep it positive. And you know, I'm just focusing on the record release, and uh, everything seems to be online with that. And pre-orders are flying, and uh, people are seeming to like it so far. So you know, I'm just kind of staying with that excitement. Absolutely, man. And, and you know, you mentioned uh, some some definite bummer news there, but like. There's so much bummer news and coming from everyone and and it's uh and not to downplay what you're going through or what my friends are going through, but it's there's almost a sense of uh community coming from like hey man like seriously like this uh, it, it it's it's almost a better feeling knowing that 
everyone's going through some now, and it's not just us. It's not just right. me or it's, you. It's kind of like leveled the playing field in yeah. a way. You know what I mean? Everybody's suffering right now. Everybody is going through this. So, yeah, it's just interesting times. You know, never dealt with anything like this. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, it's it's just uh, it's 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 interesting. And they started with a two week lockdown, yeah. but it's been like I think that was just to ease us all into mm-hmm. it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, yeah, then it's gonna be, it's gonna get interesting a month from now. I think. <laughs> I think so too, man. And, and and all we can do is just kind of try to. And that's what I'm doing, man. I'm doing a lot more interviews and a lot more podcasts. I actually just started like uh, doing some video interviews on YouTube just to keep myself busy and also just try to create some content because people, you know, want something to. I mean, obviously, you know, we want to find out the news. We want to keep, uh, you know, in the know about things. But at the same time, sometimes you need some distractions, some positive things. To to look into you know and uh, oh for sure for sure i think everybody is looking for that distraction right now so as as far as like the timing of our our, our record release like, i know it's bad to be coming out during <laughs> the pandemic you Imagine know like that. i think that that people will be locked down the first week of sure. you know the release so that's kind of going to take a hit for that but uh at the same time it's nice to be releasing something that people will have you know, but hopefully lift their spirits a little bit mm-hmm. and they'll have plenty of time to dissect it, you know? So, uh, so that's a good thing. And <laughs> yeah. also, you know, we filmed so much content yep. and stuff like beforehand, uh, just for the, the, the timeliness of the release. But now like, you know, people need content. So oh, yeah. it's, like, it's a good, you know, it's working out a little bit. Man, so dude, the album coming out during this crazy time, it's this is going to be some an album like this is not going to be an album you forget about. Like not saying that like the album, you know, is forgettable in any way, but this is just going to put that that extra little thing like, "Hey, remember when we released that record, our ninth album, and uh dude, the entire world was <laughs> Yeah, and and we had songs about a, a plague ending the world on oh, the record, and just God. you know, the the whole concept of like the vermin uh, carrying the plague, and uh, uh. you know, a year and a half ago when we were tracking this album, we had no idea, mm-hmm. obviously, that this was going to be so like timely. But yeah, they definitely won't forget this record, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we'll talk a little bit about the record here in a second, but as far as um, just some things maybe you would suggest, like, or some things that are keeping you sane as far as like, uh, do you, have there been any shows you've been deep diving or movies that you've kind of put on to forget about some craziness? What would you suggest for people? Uh, well, I think everybody has seen Game of Thrones except me, but that's what I've been doing. Lately, just like bulldozing through it. Nice. And uh, I remember, like when it came out, I t- I took one look at it and I was like, no, no thanks, this isn't gonna work for me. <laughs> but uh, once I dove in, like it's it's as good as everyone said. It's, okay. it's definitely definitely been a fun ride and definitely kicks a lot of my D and D boxes from back in the day. You yeah. Know? So that that's exciting. But uh, just been playing a lot of video games and listening to a lot of music, and uh, I'm conspiring to maybe do some streaming of said video games that would be something to like pass the time and maybe have a little bit of income trickling in which would be nice dude yeah Uh, hell yeah uh, it's something i've been putting off for a while and like i have the camera for and everything Mm -hmm. just got to kind of like figure out how to do it but uh that seems like a good good use of time and there's literally uh, no excuse at this point there's no excuse to say like hey i don't have the time nope the time (laughs) 
yeah, no doubt, man. No doubt. Uh, so the again, the record of Verminous is coming out April seventeenth. Um, but uh, I wanted to ask a couple questions about the record. So going into the album, it being your ninth, uh, did you guys have any different approach, or did you want to tweak anything, or uh, how do you guys go into you know because you guys have have been a long and in, in, in time tested band? Uh, how do you guys approach writing a, a brand new album? Honestly, no, nothing really deviated from from the norm. You know, uh, yeah. we just kind of started writing songs and passing them through the emails and stuff. But you know, I think that there's been like an overarching effort to make a more various album, which this definitely is. I think this is the most variety we've ever seen on a record. Yeah. So like, you know, the, the ambition has been slowly creeping in to do that. And, uh, you know, I feel like we, we kind of started a new era with Nightbringers and having Brandon Ellis come into the fold totally as a, so- a songwriter. Yeah. And, uh, he's definitely like, uh, you know, he left a, quite a stamp on that record but he definitely like has spread his wings in the band here so you know like one thing i noticed right away was that there was a lot more variety you know we're trying new things like mining from different um different corners of the metal metal spectrum you know a bit more from like uh classic heavy metal a new wave of british heavy metal hell yeah uh there's a song on there, uh, Feast of the Wereworm, that's pretty uh, King Diamond influenced, oh, which is uh, yeah. different for us. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, it feels like uh, like we didn't really plan any, plan it, but it seems like a bigger evolutionary jump than we would normally take between two records. You know, I feel like we're really, it was really ambitious this time around. And uh, it, in that way, it made it hard to choose the singles because the singles, like, Especially the first one we put out, Verminous. That's probably the most straightforward, most like typical Black Dahlia song on the record. Okay, but uh, it was hard to select the singles because you can't really like summarize the record with them because it's just so they're so vastly different. You know all the songs. So, but um, yeah, man. You know, there's always this selfish need to like be more creative and and more technical. Yeah, in our playing and songwriting chops. You know, like. It, it feels like every record we write is harder to play than the last. Oh no, <laughs> you know what I mean. But it's kind of like it's a good it's a good problem. It, it feels really rewarding when you get up on stage and yeah. you play through a more complex song and um, a more texturous, more you know emotive song. And that's kind of what we've been going for. Instead of just trying to be the most extreme version of the band we can be but just trying to make songs that really last and that are really anthemic and more emotive, you know? And it's, I, I feel like we've been too aggressive at times and too technical. Huh, okay. And we've made records that just came out like a barrage, you know, where it's just too much, too many songs in the red at all times. Sure. And that, that can be, become kind of static, I think, you know? Like, uh it, it's just I have a million records in my in my collection that are that are too extreme to make it through. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, that's, that's like that. That's definitely a you know a problem. So we try to be as colorful as we could and as creative and um, yeah, man. You know I feel like we we uh, covered some new ground on this record, but also it's part of the the uh, the plan to always be recognizable as Black Dahlia from the first notes, you know. So it's kind of a interesting line to straddle. You want to deviate uh, a bit, but you don't want to like you know leave your fans kind of like hanging. Like, hey, uh, what what what? This is the uh, where's the Black Dahlia I loved? 
Right, yeah, deviate but not alienate, you oh, know. And that's I, a good way to put it. And I, I feel like, like, I think we all, you know, feel like we've known the the formula for a Black Dahlia song for a long time, but it's really just in the the minutia, in the small small choices and details that you can make during songwriting, and um, that make it make the songs better, you know, some better than others. So uh, you know, we've just been learning with age and. An experience, and uh, you know, I don't feel like this is a record that we could have made ten years ago. You know, there's, uh, it's definitely um, more informed uh, musically, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm really excited to see what people think about it, dude. Uh, it's something I'm, I'm actually anxious to see. I haven't um, seen any of them physically, but I, I saw the pre-order packages for the D and D kind of D and D influenced Black Dahlia Murder uh, pre-order package. So. Uh, I I am not a D and D guy personally. Uh, my my neighbors and my roommates play it. It looks really fascinating. I've never done the deep dive on it. But fill me in. How exactly do you guys have a a Black Dahlia Murder game? Uh, it's it's a one off adventure for D and D for fifth edition, and uh, it's basically themed around the album's artwork and some lyrical themes. Awesome. And. Uh, yeah, you know, we've been flirting with the idea of like a role playing kit for a long time mm-hmm. for a pre order, like, but it only started as like dice and a dice bag and like a dungeon master screen. But this time, um, our merch guru, Kareem Peter, who, uh, who runs Night Shift Merch, our merch yeah. company. Yep. And he's a, a long time, like, kind of like sixth member of the band, I would say. He used to be our tour manager for about 10 years. And, you know, he's a really close, close confidant of the band. And he's like, yo, man, let's do that role playing thing, but let's, like, take it up a notch. Let's have an adventure made, you know? Oh, absolutely, so, uh, dude. So we contacted some uh, people that we knew, Dungeon Punks, uh, wrote it, and uh, Nerdgore illustrated it so it has its own like individual artwork for it so cool and uh yeah it came out really cool and um you know there's a there's a big crossover for uh i mean metal is a nerdy music you yeah, know what i mean and D sure. is definitely nerdy so there's, there's a big crossover there and there's been a lot of uh excitement out of the gate about it and it's definitely helped the pre-order pick up some steam that's awesome and that's your only hope now i mean it's 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 hard to um convince people to buy a physical copy when uh you know streams are just readily available and um so you know it's you got to be creative with this kind of thing and for us this time it was the uh the D adventure and the slime filled vinyls that we did and it was so a very awesome. limited amount of slime filled vinyls because they were insanely uh painstaking to make mm-hmm. and very expensive but um you know, there was only uh, 50 available to the public, so we knew we were going to be pissing people off right out of the gate. You know, that was kind of <laughs> like, it was kind of bittersweet to, yeah. to do that, but also just that they existed mm-hmm. made such a big stink in, the, in, in metal news and media and stuff that, like, that kind of helped with the pre orders, too. So. Uh, yeah, we definitely got lucky this time to kind of like hone in on a couple good ideas and see them see into fruition, you know? 
Dude, that's that's so killer. And, and, and uh, you know, I caught uh, something you said there about how hard it is to get people to buy physical copies while streams are readily available. And and you, uh, I follow you on social media and, and, and some of the articles you, you write, uh, and, and you are someone who still uh, loves buying physical, like, CDs, specifically, of metal bands. Um, what, uh, you know... Ha- what makes you want to continue to just like be the the physical copy guy and, and have like a huge CD collection? Um, it's just what I know. It's just what I like. You yeah. know, uh, the the collectability kind of is an aspect of appeal for me. Um, and uh, you know, I'm just staying the course from what I've always known, pretty a, much. Yeah, hell know? yeah. Like I still use streaming services. Yeah. Like at times they're very convenient, very easy. And uh, especially for playing for me, like I don't have a music collection outside of metal, you know, a physical collection. So, for sure. but I like all kinds of music, but you know, metal and uh, buying metal records is where my, my heart lies, you know? So I try to kind of like set an example with my, my columns and stuff. And, uh, in hopes that, uh, people will pick up physical copies and, you know, especially on a very, the small scale that these death metal bands are working, you know, these smaller labels and stuff like one physical copy, like is a, it's felt by the band. You know what I mean? Like, it's not just like a faceless thing. Like these bands are small and like, you know, just word of mouth is like the best kind of power that metal has. I feel like still. So, so for me, you know, streaming is to, to check things out, and uh, but I'm always I'm feeling um, obligated to buy buy things and you know support bands through those avenues and um, yeah, you know, I just think that there's a real collecting culture in in death metal and uh, in the underground, you know, and then it's just part of that whole like nerdy appeal of it. Absolutely, man, and and that's one thing about metalheads too is is. Um it seems like metalheads and, and, and metal fans and even pu- fans of like punk, hardcore, more underground, aggressive music are more likely to purchase music and more likely to go out and actually support the artists that they see at, you know, whether it be a venue like El Corazon or a venue like a VFW hall, you know, they see the, right. And they, they have that connection. So it's, it's pretty cool. I mean, that, that's why you have, you know, a band like power trip, which is huge in our scene Yeah, that like, they don't have that many streams because, their culture is for people that buy records, you know what I mean? Totally. People that like support physical copies mm-hmm. and actually go out to shows and stuff. So, you know, streams aren't everything. You can't judge every every band's worth just on their streams, you know what I mean? Oh, that's a good point. And um, so uh, I I wanted to know about uh, – so you do write these articles, and you get a lot of bands, uh, specifically a band from Seattle that I saw uh, on your uh, Oxygen Destroyer, freaking awesome band. Um, you're an outspoken supporter of these underground metal bands through your columns and through you know just your, your platform that you have being in a, in a very popular metal band. Uh, what are some new bands you think that we should get on our radar, maybe just a couple that you've been jamming? Um, I would recommend everything that's coming out on Maggot Stomp records. Yeah. Uh, really like Maggot Stomp. Uh, Frozen Soul is awesome. Mortal Wound is probably my favorite of the bunch. Um, but yeah, it's like they're one of those labels right now that uh, everything they put out is is just like an automatic buy. You know nice, what I mean? Dude. And um, what else? Uh, Temple of Void. Uh, I mean, they're not exactly new now, but uh, sure. I feel like they don't get enough love. They're uh, from Detroit, where we're from. Mm-hmm. 
and they play like an old school death doom, like early Paradise Lost, hell yeah, kind of stuff. And uh, their new record just dropped, uh, "The World That Was" on uh, Shadow Kingdom Records, and that's going to make some waves, man. So definitely recommend getting on that ahead of the curb. And uh, let me think, what else? Um, I just picked up the new Molested Divinity album. Oh, I haven't heard that yet. Uh, it, yeah, in brutal circles, like they're definitely like gaining a lot of ground and uh, they have the singer from uh cenotaph from turkey the, oh uh-oh. <laughs> turkish band yeah and uh yeah it's very brutal very guttural yeah you know very fast uh highly recommend that one nice dude so uh if you you know and it doesn't have to be new bands it could just be like all-time favorites or just some stuff you would try to uh try to jam man uh if you hosted your own radio show say you took the place of metal shop for a night what would you play dude uh play some autopsy yeah uh mental funeral is one of my favorite death metal mm-hmm. records uh grave definitely um hating life is like a really underrated record from them i think people kind of that record when it came out but um it's definitely awesome uh a lot of a uh, lyrical influence for me from that album okay uh, there was some necrophilia themes, but it wasn't just like it was more like like this love beyond the grave and like a relationship that oh, went beyond the grave. Romantic, you know, kind of like yeah, yeah. That really kind of like left a mark on me. Just how the the romance of it and the kind of creepiness of it that made it seem more real. You know what I mean? Than your standard necrophilia tropes. So <laughs> that definitely left a mark on me. And I'm, you know, I'm, I've done a lot of necrophilia songs with Black Dahlia, obviously. And, yeah. Uh, but yeah, hate, Grave, Hating Life, uh, very cool record. Um, what else? Uh, lots of old thrash stuff. I've been kind of like mining thrash history the last couple of years. Cool. Uh, there's just so many like great albums that were glossed over and it was such a like overcrowded genre at the time. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Like just so many albums came out and, uh, a lot of which weren't on my radar, but, uh, uh, Zentrix from the UK has been getting a lot of airtime for me. Um, the album shattered existence. It's very like Bay area thrash influenced, very Metallica esque. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the songs are really strong and very catchy stuff. But, uh, yeah, man, you know, I've, uh, I've been making some playlists and, and, uh, you know, I'm going to put them out there to the world, try to entertain some people for a while, hopefully with it. But, uh, I, I could definitely get into, uh, being a DJ of sorts on you know on the air that'd be awesome. Hell yeah, man. Well, I mean, you're you're busy enough, but you know, if you ever think about a second little little day gig, you know, that or night gig actually rather, no one's playing metal during the day on on radio stations. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh but I uh, I, I have a uh, gimme radio takeover coming in the in the pretty soon uh yeah, like, li- lined up with the album coming out, and uh, I put some put some real hits on that one. Hell yeah, man! Uh, all right, well let's let's think here about uh, like going back, going back in the uh, Trevor uh, memory banks. What was the first CD, tape, vinyl, first physical piece of music that you ever purchased on your own with your own money, not given to you by like a cool older brother or your your mom or something? What was the first album you ever went and bought on your own? <sighs> Man, it has to be something really funny, like uh, <laughs> Fresh Prince uh, and DJ Jazzy Jeff, okay. Summertime, yeah. that record, almost Summertime on it, or um, <laughs> it might have been TLC, the first TLC album. Oh, yeah. I was on the TLC uh, tip. 
Yeah, that was a good one. That was a good one. And uh, or it might have been another bad creation. You know, I was definitely like <laughs> taping all of these these songs off the radio at the yeah. time, and you know. Um, but uh, my first metal records were, um, I think, Countdown to Extinction was probably the first CD that I ever bought with my money. Yeah. But that was I was kind of coming in right at the end of tapes and the segue into CDs, you know. Uh, but that's the record that like blew the whole metal world open for me and kind of made me realize that metal was my thing and there were other people out there like me. And, you know, I, I felt kind of like an alien before that, you know, I, um, the world of sports didn't really have much appeal to me and just yep. the other things that seemed to excite people just didn't work for me. So the day of sixth grade, when I came home and saw the symphony of destruction video, it, it definitely changed my life. That's awesome, man. And, and dude, that band is still going strong, and, 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 and uh, Dave Mustaine beating cancer, freaking awesome. Um, yeah, for sure, for sure. That's great. Uh, what's, what, what do you know about the first album now? What's the last album you purchased? Um, uh, Twitch of the Death Nerve. I'm looking at the CD right now. Cool. Uh, it's on uh, Comatose Music. Yeah. The album is A Resting Place for the Wrathful. And uh, it's very guttural, brutal death metal from the UK. Uh, highly recommended if you like if you like it gross. Nice, and I do like it gross. Uh, all right, Trevor. So your vocals, I mean, you just have so much character, and and like you can immediately just be like, oh, that's that's Trevor from Black Dahlia. What were some of your vocal influences like growing up? Um, you know, when you when you were uh, gonna start a band or you were getting into death metal, who were some of your favorite vocalists that inspired your style? Uh, definitely Carcass is like the biggest influence on me. And, uh, it was the earlier records where they had two vocalists and the interplay between the high voice and the low voice, Mm -hmm. you know? So I really liked that approach and the, uh, the layering thereof, you know, a high and a low together and makes that kind of like deicide kind of thing going on. Totally. And, uh, that just, I thought that was so gross and so like, so different you know and uh so when we started the band i was trying to do the two different voices and i remember like recording the first demo and like doing those layering tricks and just thinking wow this is so cool hell yeah you know (laughs) but uh, another uh big influence is uh ben falgos from uh soylent green yes yes he uh it's one of the best front men out there and uh while we were recording that that same demo in 2001, mm-hmm. uh, we went to a show in Detroit after the session, and it was Immolation headlining, and Goat Horror was direct support. That's awesome. And uh, just seeing uh, the way he performed and, like, kind of spoke with his hands and, like, um, this was, like, so expressive with his body up there. Yeah. And it really, like, affected me and, like, started the whole, like, having singing with the claw thing, you know yeah. what I mean? And kind of like the whole gremlin-esque stance of it. And yeah, you know, and he's also one of those uh, multifaceted vocalists with, a, you know, multiple voices. He's got the low and the high. And he's also just a really inspiring dude. You know, he's a really positive force in, in the scene. And um, man, I've, we've toured with, with him and uh, his bands like, so many times. And I don't think I've ever seen him play a bad show nice. or be in a bad mood. Like the guy is just, you can't stop him, man. You know, he, uh, endured those, uh, accidents where, the, uh, 
Soylent crashed their van, and mm-hmm. he had to get surgery on his on his feet, and on his uh, they had to like take a piece of his stomach and put it on his foot, like a, uh, to like graft it on. So I mean, he's been through a lot, and uh, you know, he recorded uh, the second Goat Whore album like sitting in a wheelchair, basically. Wow, you know, and like you just can't stop the guy; like nothing can stop him, you know. So he's just like. I don't know. He's a hero to me, for sure. Dude, that's awesome. And, and you guys are label mates, and like you said, you've toured a lot. That's really cool. Yeah, you know, I've made no bones about it to him, you know. I I, I tell him that he's the man. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you talked about the claw that you have on stage and kind of that, that gremlin stance that you mentioned. Uh, have you ever had any, like, really gnarly, kind of, like, cringy, embarrassing moments on stage? And if so, like, is there anything that stands out? Oh, there, yeah, there's all kinds of stuff, man. There's uh, a, <laughs> there's a show in Arizona where uh, we were playing a very small venue with Gate Creeper. Nice. And um, yeah. this girl was there and she was terrorizing me. Like she pantsed me, like pulled down my shorts <laughs> in front of everyone. And my little weenie went flapping. Oh my God. And like, <laughs> and like, she just kept me and like, like swatting the mic out of my hands and like, just like. Like, she knew that I wasn't going to do anything. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It was such a weird dynamic. It was awful. At the end of the set, I went up to her. I was like, yep, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, there's another time I, uh, that popped into my mind where yeah. uh, we were at this outdoor festival in mm-hmm. Europe, and we are about to go on, and it's starting to rain. And uh, Walls of Jericho is there waiting in the wings, kind of nice. checking us out. And yep. they're local. They're like local heroes to us. You know, when we were kids, they were in this band, Earth Mover. Oh, that, that band was, kicks like, ass, the kings, dude. dude. Yeah. yeah, man. And they were the kings, you know, of being in Detroit. Yep. And uh, we recorded with Mike from, from uh, Walls, like, our first record on Hollowed. So um, we're like, all right, cool. Here's our chance to like show them what we've been up to, yeah. you know, and like really rock them out and yeah. like, impress, impress the uh, older generation. And uh, first, like first note to the set, I get up there, step in this big puddle, and go like feet overhead, like, <laughs> like, like, like completely uh, just wipe out and knock the wind out of myself. Like the first moment of the set, oh and I just God. remember, like, well, of course, of course, right now, you know. Wow. <laughs> well, that's certainly a couple different. Uh, you know, looking. Uh, yeah, that's that's uh, certainly answered my question, dude. Thank you. Um, <laughs> All right, man. So uh, just a couple more questions. Uh, We're talking with Trevor from Black Dahlia Murder. Uh, Their new record, Verminous, is coming out April 17th on Metal Blade Records. All right, so uh, we all know the big four of Thrash, Slayer, Anthrax, Metallica, Megadeth. For you, Trevor, you're a huge death metal head. What are your big four of death metal? Oh, man, this is going to be hard. Um, Like, a bunch of bands pop immediately into my mind. Um Suffocation for sure. Um, Pearson Within was my first death metal record ever. That's my favorite. Um, yeah. So good, so good. Uh, Cannibal Corpse. Yeah. Um, <sighs> oh, this is hard. Obituary. <laughs> yeah. Also. Yeah. Uh, love them. Love Cause of Death the most. And uh, I guess Autopsy will have to be the fourth one. All right, man. And uh, I feel like they're the more underrated of the. Uh, of the four mentioned, you know, yeah. But um, I think since they reformed, they've been picking up a lot of steam and like 
you know, the records they made in the early days were just classic, man. Just classic, like doomed out, um, just slow, diseased death metal. Highly recommended. And, and, you know, I don't ask, like, you know, all together, like, the big four. I just ask, like, what's your personal big four? So I like you answer that with uh, your personal favorites. So. But then I didn't say carcass, too, so, like, I'm already blasphemy, you know? <laughs> like, it's... <laughs> So it's just four is just not enough. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And, and and that's with thrash too. Like you can't say big four and then be like, well, what about Exodus? What about Testament? What about overkill? Uh, what about death angel? So, right. Yeah. There was always gotta be more than four. Um, all right, Trevor. So uh, after all this, you know, this mess subsides and hopefully we're on the other side of it. And, uh, whenever that time frame is, uh, in your opinion, um, how will the world change in a positive way coming out of this? What are some positive side effects that you could see possibly coming out of this? Uh, well, you know, I'm hoping that this is going to lead to some kind of change with the healthcare. Mm-hmm. You know, like people are really going to realize how much we need to like eliminate healthcare as a business, you know, and as like a, as like a money making sure, like yeah. really get something in place. But, you know, I, I hope that, um, that you know uh that people are communicating i hope that it kind of brings us together in a way you know it seems like you said earlier like it seems to be working in that in that regard you know but yeah. and i you know i just hope that um yeah that when we come out on the other side of this that uh that we're all stronger for it you know Absolutely, man. And uh, I think there's there's a good chance we will be. And we'll all certainly, uh, if we're safe to go to concerts, I think we'll all like really, really appreciate even a, for a band that we don't even like. We'll be like, yes, music. I don't even like this band. <laughs> I didn't quite really think about that. But yeah, people are going to be extra excited to go back to concerts. And uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, maybe less people will be taking us for granted out there, you know, like spending all our time driving around in vans and stuff you know totally man we'll all be like uh i saw like a meme that was like hey hello uh it was like dear rock gods please if you give us concerts back we promise not to be on our cell phones the whole time (laughs) yeah that would be that would be nice um so there's a we're barrage with like bad news and and it's hard to be in that constant uh like feedback cycle um but so just uh personally i like to ask uh, some people that i've been speaking with lately um within the last couple of weeks uh trevor what are a couple of things that you're personally grateful for oh man just i mean i'm grateful for this entire experience of uh the black dahlia murder uh having six growing success over the years and surviving different uh trends in in heavy music mm-hmm. and uh still being here coming up on 20 years you know so it's like my dream is still unfolding yeah you know like it didn't just uh didn't just end but uh you know being an abandoned is something that you have to like constantly maintain you know as a as a like doing it as a career there's no like no stopping in, in sight ever. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So it's kind of like married, married to the road, but, um, yeah, just, I'm so thankful for that. This is my life and to have so many, uh, great fans and, and, uh, to have a voice in the metal scene and to help other bands out. And, you know, it's just, uh, definitely, you know, this is definitely a t- good time to reflect on the good things. 
Absolutely, man. And, and uh, there is a lot of good things. You know, they might be kind of buried sometimes within uh, the headlines, but there are a lot of really good things. And you guys are an incredible band. And uh, one question we like to ask every artist that we get on the phone with, uh, it's it's kind of a weird one. But uh, if you could pick a scar on your body and tell us the story of how you got it, Trevor. Ooh, I have a scar on my pubis. Uh-oh. From a hernia operation. Oh, and I, okay. I got the hernia at band practice. I remember the exact moment, like feeling it pop, like during a scream. Oh my god! So uh, <laughs> it, it definitely, definitely sucks. Uh, the surgery sucked. I mean, people have been through a lot worse hernias than I have, sure. but uh, you can't sit up the first day. It feels like you did three billion like sit ups or crunches. Yeah. Like you have to like roll out of bed to do anything and it's pretty miserable, but, um, that definitely, uh, you know, had me reassessing my, uh, approach to vocals and, you know, finding avenues that were more educated. So I wouldn't, uh, you know, do it again. Burst your pub. Don't burst your pubis on us, dude. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Pubis is such a great word, right? Right. Uh, our, well, uh, we were just talking with uh, Trevor from Black Dahlia Murder. Verminous is coming out April 17th on Metal Blade Records. You can pre-order it. Uh, make sure uh, next time they come through town, who knows? Uh, we're, we're on a weird time frame here in the world, as we all are. But, you know, next time they come through town, uh, pick up the album, pick up a T-shirt. Uh, I know that, like, underground metal bands, like, uh, certainly you can use the support. Uh, is there uh, anything you want to say to the Northwest audience uh, ahead of this record or uh, – while we have you here for you. Oh, uh, well, you know, thanks to anybody that's uh, going the extra mile and pre-ordering the album. It means a lot to us. And we are assembling a tour for the fall. Nice. Right now across the U.S., a headliner in hopes that this will all be blown over by then. Mm-hmm. Uh, so people will get their chance to see us and hear the new tunes. Yeah. And, uh, so far, the package is really, really awesome. It's going to be a very big tour, but I can't really reveal too much about that at this point, as you'd imagine. But yeah, man, we'll see you all soon, man. Once we weather the storm. Hell yeah, man. Trevor, thank you so much, dude. Oh, thanks for having me, man. It's been fun. This has been Metal Shop's Backstage Pass. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.